Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen and I am your producer and I am sitting here with your lovely host, Marianne. Thank you, Karen. Good to be back again. Yes, I am so excited. Today's episode is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, But before we get into it, just give us a little catch up on what's going on in your world and and maybe what's new. Well, thanks for asking. It's one of these things where uh, I'm looking into all of these fantastic platforms that are out there to make it easier for people to learn and for me to be able to share my knowledge. So I'm excited about that. I've been looking into all of that. And um, to be continued, we'll find out Yeah, <laughs> eventually land on. I'm also, of course, thrilled about the fact that uh, Tim McAllister put out the allergy. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of cute as, as a sideline. Uh, so various people have written to me and said yes I went right online and I was able to effortlessly find Marianne Ploger allergy and of course they're texting me (laughs) and then I write back and I say oh I hope it wasn't allergy but allergy (laughs) but anyway um, so I'm I'm very excited about that and happy for Tim who is performing everywhere under the sun yeah I guess prism he's part of the prism quartet that Uh you might recognize from all things considered Uh, so he's traveling with them now so doing a different concert almost every week I yeah. think it's sabbatical semester or maybe year for him so bravo to him and of course to the wonderful pianist uh, who accompanies or that is collaborates with him Liz Ames so um, that's been a thrill and just getting back into composing has been a tremendous joy yeah and uh, revisiting spirituality uh, more and more and how that can be incorporated into my work which we'll be talking about later but uh, definitely it's been such a beautiful time challenging my husband Keith is moving out of his uh, out of the farm where we've been for decades where we live together up there where his uh, harpsichord shop is so he's moving back down here to that shop to Nashville so it's a big job for him and love him to death I miss him he's going to be gone for a while so um, I'm doing my life with my dogs and my friends and yeah <laughs> my music and my my god so it's all good yeah. yeah oh that's amazing i mean that sounds like a lot of work moving a harpsichord shop oh boy you it'll have be, no idea <laughs> it'll be fun when he's here and it will be has it in nashville i mean that's kind of cool to have like a nashville harpsichord studio i think it would be fantastic yeah. i'm glad he's continuing he's not going to do as much work as heavy work as he did before but uh Yes, it's very exciting. I'm I'm proud of him and always thrilled. If you if anyone wants to just check out Keith Hill Instrument Maker online and you'll go to images, you'll see what he's produced, but hearing what he's produced is amazing. So check out his website too. Beautiful, beautiful sound, much less the appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So today's topic, I feel like it's going to be very popular. Um, I think we've, we've always alluded to your, um, mentors and to all the influential figures in your life, but I think this 
could maybe be one of the biggest ones. Um, so the topic will be three things you learned from working with Nadia Boulanger. Oh, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to speak about this. Yes, I didn't get to work with Mademoiselle Boulanger very long, unfortunately, because she had a stroke after I'd been working with her only about six months. So our time was cut short, but really there's barely a day that goes by when I'm teaching when I'm not thinking about her, mentioning her, crediting her for something that's inspired me. Yeah. So uh, that says a lot about this person. Uh, so I think probably the most important thing that I learned from her is the importance of pursuing excellence with your whole heart, with your whole mind and your whole being. And that uh, as musicians, we're in service. And that what we are going to need to do is to always try to achieve something better. So you do this through knowledge, through the acquisition of knowledge and understanding. And this is very important. So she was constantly showing me what I didn't know. And I felt like, gee whiz, you know, I came through the conservatory. I'm in my late 20s, mid to late 20s. And what's going on here? Why don't I know these basic things? Like she would ask things like, how many notes are there in the octave? And of course, I did what most of us would do. I bet you did too, if you're a musician. 12, there are 12 notes in the octave. And she sat there stoically and said, how many notes are there in the octave? Obviously not 12. (laughs) And so then I realized, oh, that's right. There are 12 pitches that we have in the octave, but not notes. So what's the difference between pitches and notes? So notes are names for pitches. So then I had to go through and figure that out very slowly. And I'm not going to give you guys the answer (laughs) yourselves, but uh, it's not 12. (laughs) So these kinds of things you would think you would learn when you were 12 years old and not things you'd be learning when you're in your mid to late 20s. It would be constantly that way. And uh, so there would be this need to know what key you're in at all times when you're playing music that's tonal. You must know what key you're in. I thought, really? Because half the time in a theory class, I have no clue. You know, I'm guessing and I don't seem to agree. So um, unfortunately, I didn't get a lot of time to figure that out with her because of our short period of of study um, with each other. So um, it would be this kind of thing where she would look at these very deep and important and significant issues that are basic to a musician and realize the illiteracy of it. So I've mentioned in previous podcasts how you know she would say in her American training especially, we go for showing off more than having substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this need to be excellent meant that you had to really be devoted. Okay, so probably the second thing I, I learned from her was uh, this importance of being a balanced musician, that you have intellect, you are smart, you have a, an excellent memory, you know how to memorize music, you know how to listen to it, you are observant about it. So when somebody would play a musical example, she would say to the class on Wednesday afternoons, so what is striking about this melody? And all of us would be just sitting there going, what is striking about this melody? Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so we, she would guide us in a very platonic, you know, dialogue sort of thing. Like, what is it? What is the phrase structure of this melody? And we go, oh, it's five bars. It's not four bars. And uh, she'd be very quiet, nod, and then she'd ask us another question. And it, it would always lead us into looking more deeply at things and that we would become more aware at all times. So we were developing our intellectual acumen, but more than that, she would talk about the meaning of it. So if you listen to any of the videos, which we now have on YouTube of her teaching, you'll see that it goes very much to what is it communicating. Yeah. Why is that so beautiful? Listen to that harmony, how that chord goes to this chord. Do you hear how amazing that is, how strong and passionate that is, and uh, how it elicits such a feeling of, of desperation or whatever it would be, so or nobility or whatever. So it's attention, paying attention, close attention. And I'd say that the, the third thing that I got out of her was a profound sense of spirituality. This might have been because of her age. So when I speak to people who studied with her earlier in her life, I was there with her in that last year of her teaching, I think it was just that one year that she taught beyond my time there. And uh, she taught very few people after that. But uh, they often will say it's very technical, you know, it was brilliant. She could quote anything, she could play the piano, she could talk about any piece of music and show you how this particular harmony was used in this piece and that piece. So she was a wealth of, of knowledge and information. Uh, when I worked with her, there was much more, it seemed to me, a sense of the ineffable that is transcendence in music you know what it how it leads to that mm -hmm. and that she would be able to talk about that as a characteristic of the great composers that the great composers are those who have plumbed the depths of the human experience and come out the other end and have been able to bring us with them on that journey so that we're moved and from listening to their music, you listen to Brahms 4, you feel like at the end of it, you've come through this incredible journey and that you're something of a different person by the end. So I think there was more of that, uh, I felt, real desire to communicate that. Now that might have been unusual because of me, because uh, my training was so sketchy to say the least, and yet <laughs> I think she appreciated my uh, what I had to offer and given that. But that ultimately, I think that's what she cared about, was that it's that uh, spirituality, you know, the devotion, the ability to persevere. And uh, that, that is a spiritual quality. There is a knowing that there is an answer. And if I did not get that from her, I don't think I would have discovered anything with my interactions with my fabulous students, all of them, over the years. So it's really this uh, sense that there's an answer. There's a reason somebody can't do that. What's the reason? Or there's a reason I can't do it. What's the reason? And um, that led me on a journey to this whole thing that now we understand, neuroplasticity. She was teaching that from the beginning. Yeah. She, she was on it, as any great spiritual soul, a great artist is and has been from the beginning of time. They are, they are cognizant of the ineffable 
what Sadhguru might might call, I don't know, um, chitta, that, that aspect of the fourth aspect of mind that is uh, beyond all knowing, but somehow we know. <laughs> so uh, that that remained with me as a very different thing that many other people took away from their experiences with her, which was more perhaps intellectual, um, more practical, <laughs> maybe. But I, uh, everything that she gave me were the seeds that would uh, be able to power the direction forward. So it might be useful um, to just briefly explain, from what I understand, a methodology which is very important to her which I would take on forward in my own work, but that would be the idea of counterpoint, that you start very humbly, where you're given a melody that is all whole notes. So they're, they're, it's a very simple melody. It's in the just the basic diatonic scale, no sharps or flats, mostly stepwise with an occasional leap of a third, maybe a fourth, possibly a fifth, and maybe have between eight to 12 notes. And then what you have to do is create a line that goes with it that's contrasting that uh, is its own entity but yet is in, in harmony with it so the rules are, it's like landmines everywhere you go as you get more and more complicated you add hmm. more and more notes to your counterpoint to these whole notes and things get complicated yeah <laughs> <laughs> but she would spend months with people on just first and second species which means first species all you have to do is create one note for each of the given notes, starting on the same note and ending on, on that note or a fifth higher. So uh, lower. Ultimately, it's very s straightforward. You'd think. I mean, you only have seven notes in a scale. I mean, how? But you can't do, you can't have parallel fifths. You know, you can't move from this note to this note in the same direction. You can't, uh, all of these rules that were seemingly very straightforward but would be quite challenging and she'd always be able to show students no this if you try this try this and then they would go oh that's so much better right so this would be this experience of of going through this perfectionment you know french word perfectionment you know perfecting or making better uh this counterpoint that you're creating no wonder she created so many of the greatest musicians Quincy Jones in our generation yeah. um, in our in our time um, and countless others of course Crumb George Crumb uh, Samuel Barber the, the names go on and on Copeland Aaron Copeland Ned Roram but the, no wonder these ended up being great composers <laughs> so but it would be that care you see that kind of no that isn't good enough go back home and do it again no you can't do that. You broke a rule. Gently, but firmly, go and do it again. Now write three more. Now let's put the, the what is called the Candice Firmus, that first melody in the bass, and now create something above it. Okay? And then when you finally got so that you could create it beautifully, then you would go on to the next species. The next species, you could put two notes for each one of the ones given. That'd be cool value. <laughs> <laughs> and now the rules um, become slightly more complicated all the way up until you create a fugue. Right. So for me, I was unfortunate because when, I, when she discovered that I had a poor training in functional harmony, which I've talked about before, 
basic figured-based reading at sight. I had not had any classes that did that. You know how that is, Karen. Oh, yeah. Okay, here, do this. Never done it before, but just go ahead and do it. Uh, She quickly realized I didn't, and she did not ask me to do it beyond that. But she said, you know, she just sat quietly and said, ordinarily I would take you through counterpoint before I would start teaching you four-part writing because she felt that was an important thing to do is counterpoint first that teaches you the rules that you write that you probably did in four-part writing when you were in college Uh in in old days (laughs) and uh she said no there's not time she says i'm going to be dead soon and i won't be here so i'm going to have to do something i do not want to do but we i need to do this for you i'm going to let you do four-part writing right away so I didn't have the advantage that so many others had of being able to do that long process but you know I just had to reverse engineer you know I had to go backwards teach myself counterpoint I had some counterpoint thanks to Louise Talma fabulous teacher at at, uh, Fontainebleau when I was there during the summer uh, after Mademoiselle had her second stroke Um, so I worked with her uh, Talma on some, but very little, just first and second species, and not at the speed Mademoiselle would do. I mean, it would, which would be a snail's pace. Yeah. Because she's really making you listen. She's really helping you to feel and really, if you will, taste the sounds, really understand them through experience. So uh, that kind of care, and again, as I've mentioned before in the podcasts, uh, this idea of devotion that that's spiritual that you you're humble in the sight of music you're not an arrogant career-minded jerk yeah or if you are you're not going to last very long and or she's going to quickly whip you into shape yeah and uh those are invaluable lessons so i think those are the three main things i learned from her yeah oh that is so good and so amazing i feel like a, a common thread too with everything that you said also is the element of courage which i've heard you say before thank you karen absolutely yes that is part of the devotion thing which is when you bump into a wall you have to have the courage to penetrate through it but that means you have to listen deeply within and know there's another side to that wall and that you're not going to just give up because of the fact that you encounter difficulties, failure, or anything else, that you're going to keep going. I, I mentioned before that I admire Jack Canfield, whose success principles are fantastic, that book, um, and uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. But, but Jack mentioned, uh, as well as did his colleague Patty Aubrey, that they tried 100, I think it was 42, sick, 100, over 140 times to get that book published and was rejected then it, it's become a bestseller. It remains that way. It had yeah. for many years. And uh, so they have all different kinds of books that have come up subsequently that go on that theme. But look at that. That's courage. That's th- This is the right thing to do. We're going to do it. It's based on on principle. It's, it's right. And I will not back down. Mm-hmm. Another one of my favorite books is The Artist's Way. If, no one's, if you haven't read that, folks, it's great. Uh, it's by Julia Cameron. And, uh, but similarly, I think she was rejected over 140 times. That's, can you imagine everyone? That's that crazy. amount of rejection. 
Uh, so, and then they just kept persevered and they found the right person to publish. And the result was these phenomenal books that have done so much for helping others. So I think it's the ability to, to persevere. I certainly know how that works in my own life. I've had to think that and continue to think that many times. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Marianne, for sharing all of that. Of um, as always, if y'all have any questions or thoughts, please feel free to reach out to us. I know Marianne enjoys, as do I, um, reading your comments and getting any Absolutely. DMs. So please reach out, let us know. And if there's any other topics or anything, feel free to let us know as well. Um, and if you think of it, if you could go to Apple Music and give us five stars and just write a review, this way um, folks can find the podcast as well. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Thank Marianne. You.